The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. If you hear lots of bings and bongs and whatever sound you have your notification set to, the reason for that is that it is a special birthday today. Is it Gemma's birthday? No, that was last weekend. Is it Albie's? No, is that's it, some it, other time. Is it? You should know that. Is it Roses? Uh, no, that's also some other time. <laughs> Do you not know? Do you know, Kev, I had this problem the other day. I went into like a spiral of concern that, that the person that was asking me the question thought, is it actually your child? When I, I couldn't remember Jack's birthday for one moment. I, I got... Uh, I got the date and the year wrong. I haven't got. Clue. Oh, I would have. I wouldn't have a clue about years. But uh, and also, I know that one of them's in May and one of them's in June. <laughs> Don't ask me which day. So I think one of them's the nineteenth. When you're put on the spot, though, you can't remember stuff like that. I have a real issue with that. But no, this is a special birthday. It's a Fuji birthday, isn't it? A Fuji Fuji film birthday. Yeah, yeah, that's why. So we're talking about it because you will probably hear bings and bongs because I'm looking at the questions on the Facebook group, and I made uh, the fatal mistake podcaster mistake if you like of putting a picture of the x-pro one on facebook just before we came on air because it is 11 years today that it was announced not released to the public 11 years that it was announced and uh and and now there's millions of comments going <laughs> bing, 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 bing 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 on my facebook oh i should have had my, my yeah, happy X- birthday X-Pro yeah one. happy birthday i should have had my x-pro one just sitting here the fuji cast i'm taking it today i'm going to uh, i'm going to watch dropkick murphy's tonight ever heard of them what? Drop drop kick what? Drop kick Murphys. Is that some sort of rugby do or? <laughs> They're a band. They're a band from Seattle. Right. Um <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take my little extra one tonight. And then tomorrow I'm gonna to watch Newport County versus at Wimbledon, so I'm gonna take my extra one just for, See, there we go. for 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 nos for nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to the uh, the Fuji Cast. Um, you and your questions. Um, you can send them in via email, which is click at fujicast.co.uk, or of course via the Facebook page. Um, we we have a special guest today. I know we were a guest list last time, but uh, who do we have, Kev? Because you've just spoken with them. Oh, we have. Yes, we got uh, John Dolan. Yes. Yeah. Amazing John Dolan. We spoke about his book a couple of weeks ago, uh, The Perfect Imperfect, and uh, I reached out to him. Very, 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 very nice guy. Yeah. Very nice guy. And you uh, you made the, the comment about uh, how cool he looks on his pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and when I, I don't know about you, but when I do the interviews, I like to see the person at the same time, find the conversation flows easier rather yeah. than just do it through audio. And uh, and yeah, he's not only is he an amazing photographer, he's an amazing looking guy as well. Oh, and I, oh. there I am, sat there with my, you know, my ball patch and my, my my pointy eyebrows and you know my rash on my face and yeah, what on your eyes. face? Your rash on your face? <laughs> but no, it's he's amazing, and uh, I'm not telling you about the rash, uh, the black eyes from judo, but the uh, he's amazing, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was a really really lovely interview, I think. Why do you always turn the uh, the camera off when we're speaking then? I don't, well, I can turn it on if you want. We can no, turn it no, on I now. don't want to see you now. I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. I do want to see the rash, though. I can show you my rash. I can get really close to the camera if Hang you on. want to show you let's a close-up turn, of it. Let's turn your camera on for a second. I'll just... Uh... There I am. Oh, there you I are. I can't see you, though. Can you, you can't see me. I can't see you. You haven't turned yours on. No, I haven't turned mine on because uh, <laughs> I just want to look at your rash. Ah. I can't see a rash. There's no rash. Can you see my black eye? Is that your rash? No, that's my black eye. <laughs> Turn the camera off. It's horrible. It's scaring the dog. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh, oh dear, Kev. All these war wounds that you get from your from your judo can't be that long till you get your black belt now, can it? Oh, uh, well, it could be as long as I could. Not, I might never get it, but I do have another gradient on the fourth of February. I Ooh. need to win three more fights, and then I get it. Oh, right. So this is it. This is the home straight. Well, I could potentially win them on that day, or I could potentially win none. No, but you I'll... always do because oh, you, yeah, you always go into these saying, "Well, I might, I might not," and then the next time I hear from you which is usually the evening, you say, got it. So it's kind uh, of, I just expect uh, it now. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tougher this because I've got to go to London for this one. So it's going to be full of East London hard knocks. Yeah, it's not like something. <laughs> and they're all going to be about 21. <laughs> it's not like something out of train spotting. <laughs> it comes mulling. It's not, it's not like going to Kidderminster. Like Kid- Kidderminster. Kidderminster. Well, Kidderminster. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. They Where do you do your judo? Well, I do my judo in Kidderminster. It's very lovely. They breed them tough in Kidderminster. Where do you do your judo? <laughs> I do my judo in East London, innit? Yeah. Have it. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, well, you just, they'll be worried about you. They'll be saying, hey, 
Someone's coming from Malmesbury. Look at the size and age of that one. We'll have a bit of him. <laughs> He's got rashes and bruises and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. dear. Right. I'll chew a bit of garlic before the fights. What? Garlic? Yeah, chew a bit of garlic. Makes them st- stinks, doesn't it? And so they, they kind of don't want to get close to you then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dark arts of judo. <laughs> oh right okay wax on wax off garlic yeah. on <laughs> right who's gonna do the first question kev uh i'll go why not i'll go uh and as in usual time on a tradition i will go with the most recentest question got quite a lot actually we need to get through some of these Re- um, recentest question <laughs> the most recentest question <laughs> okay which was actually two days ago by yeah. john wayne good old john wayne who's oh, yeah. um, sent us many questions over the years yeah, and yeah. he says arguably candid street photography began with the small leica 35 mil because the public weren't aware it was a camera in a time of large format wooden boxes on tripods in recent years a small tourist looking compact yeah and in brackets, or even better, a smartphone, has been more discreet than a big SLR. Mm. How long before using a phone to take street pictures is seen as intrusive? And a proper camera, in quotes, is considered a weird antique that a younger generation would feel less aware of. Do you know, isn't that, that's a really interesting question and a great yeah. twist as well. Because, yeah, yeah will, will there come a day where people think, oh, you have a smartphone there. What's that thing? A cam? Oh, yeah, you're fine. Do what you want. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's a very. It's not a question we can answer as such as it, oh, but it's a conversational no. piece. Yeah, interesting. Uh, uh, I've borrowed. I'm doing a test drive on a on a camera. It's not a Fuji one. I apologise, um, but it's. Um, it's like, well, no need to apologise. And that's all, true. All, all, fla- all flavors welcome. welcome. Yeah, sorry, you know that. Except Stephen is Sony's, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, 60-year-old um, Steve. Oops, did I say that? Sorry. Happy birthday, not, Steve. He didn't turn 6-0, did he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Wow, he does look good. What's his skin regime? Oh, no, I'd said that to him, actually. He, yeah, I said that to him. He don't look 60. No. He's about 68, I thought. But, uh. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, he does look good. He yeah. does. Um, no, the Ricoh GR3. Ooh. I've heard so many people talk about it. Um, Sean Tucker, I'm sure Sean was eulogising about it. Easy for me to say, but it's a t- it is tiny, Kev. It really, I was I was expecting it to be much bigger, but it's teeny tiny. I've only got it for about two three weeks. Teeny tiny thing. I was instantly of of course I'd completely forgotten that you look on the back of the screen. There's no eyepiece. I've never had a camera without. Well, I have, but I don't did really. You, did you, not, you never had an X70, did you? No, I didn't. No. Yeah, similar thing, and even smaller. Well, it's got a the 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 zoom. Sorry, it's not a zoom. The lens retracts into the body, so it is, oh, right. it is teeny tiny, teeny teeny. And I know a lot a lot of street photographers really love that camera. Mm. So um, oh yeah 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 no it's had a lot of but, I, but I, I, I don't know when when you hold a camera out in front of you for me that feels more I, I don't know that's the way you shoot street though isn't it you hold the camera out and you I'm talking about you personally uh, yeah I tend not to but I, I I like to use the viewfinder still but yes absolutely I mean it's a really it's a good kind of interesting point because you know you feel like if somebody's got a camera to their eye and pointing it at you yeah. on the street yeah. actually let's flip that if you're a photographer. And, I, and you've got the camera to your eye and you're pointing at somebody, you feel, uh, you shouldn't, but because of the world we live in, you feel a little bit anxious, a little bit like, ooh, will they see me? Whereas if you take exactly the same camera out and hold it in front of you and look at it, the way my mum looks at cameras and stuff, because she hasn't got her glasses on properly, you know, holding it about six inches away from her, to flip the screen down and put, you know, use your fingers on the back of the uh, screen to, to do your stuff, then you don't feel so, because everybody else is doing that with their phones. Yeah, and you 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 do usually get uh, more opportunities that way. Yeah. Although framing and you know various different in- things happen. God, I would hate the thought of of uh, real cameras being a novelty and and um, phones being the way that you know most things go. But mm. it's a real, it's a you know, it's the reality is that might well happen. Well, I I have a new phone. You know, I've been holding onto my eight plus for ages, and I did think I'll I'll. I'll eke another couple of years out of this one. I've been quite enjoying watching it grow old gracefully. But then one breakfast uh, last weekend, it went from 100% to 30% within the time it took almost for me to eat my cornflakes. And so yeah. that was it. The battery just suddenly went boom. So, yeah. But the new – now, I know you're not an iPhone fan, but the, the new iPhone 14 Pro, good heavens. 
What yeah. incredible picture quality. So yeah, I can understand. I've seen pictures from it. It's yeah. amazing. I can understand why people would suggest that it's not so far. And, and my old mucker, Mally Davis, um, he of the, the, the tree pictures, we love him, he um, has got a special grip to go on the side of it, so it actually even feels like a camera. Mm. So it's not it's not far away, Kev. Yeah, I still don't think it will it will really replace it, just purely because they won't be able to get the sensor. You know, and, and let's face it, you know, camera manufacturers have been grappling with sensor size and kind of pixel dimensions for the best part of 70 years. Yeah. So, you know, camera phones, essentially, you know, the, the, what, what gives them the added advantage is the AI, you know, inside the phone is, you know, six, eight gig of RAM. Uh, and a processing toolkit that you just don't have in cameras. Yeah. So it can take a, you know, a, a picture and then AI it and make it look very, very beautiful. Yeah. Which is why when, when, when I'm shooting at a wedding and the pre-wedding bit, we're taking photo documentary pictures of, of stuff being set up. I always mm. get a picture of the florist at work, well, usually, and you get a picture of the display, and then they get a picture, and you compare it, and theirs looks better than the one on the back, on of, the back camera. of their camera. Yeah, <laughs> on the back of their phone. Yeah, absolutely. It is, you know, I, I still I still really genuinely believe that cameras will win the day. Um, you know, because you just won't... The ergonomics of a phone don't make it right. The, you know, principally, the, a phone is meant to be, you know, ergonomically designed to stick to your ear and speak into it. Mm-hmm. But if you put um, a grip on it, if you make it feel like a camera, why are you talking something that it it slips into that just gives you that you know your, your thumb and finger grip, which also has a proper button on the top? Yeah, Whoa, yeah, but then you're things are yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Check. But then you're bastardizing the phone to make it into a camera. Yeah. And so what's he got? What's Miley got? Another phone to take phone calls on, you know? And then you get into that kind of direction, don't you? But the sensor size, the, the, the you know print size, all of that stuff is still a real thing. I mean, that doesn't mean that camera manufacturers won't. You know, they've got way more, Apple have got way more money than, you know, most of the camera R&D companies. So, yeah. you, you know, they may come out with, they may do something fantastic and you'll be able to print, you know, poster size or even billboard size images without any artifacts and, you know, do really decent yeah. um uh, raw editing, all that kind of stuff might happen. Who well, knows? It does say 48, 48 megapixel uh, capability, but that's interpolation, isn't it? That's not true. Y- yeah, although they will, you will still find if you shoot uh, HIF files on that that um, Apple mm. um, device, they're, they're effectively you know super compressed. Mm. But the, then, if you get your, uh, it, it will also shoot raw. And yeah, I'm not sure yeah, on Apple yeah. whether it shoots DNG raws or whether it's got a proprietary. I haven't, I haven't thing. tried it yet. I, I really don't know. But but the raw, you know, raw files are raw files. They're still you know, and 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 you can create them on phones these days. Mm. But the you know the the proof is in the fact that as you just mentioned, Marley's had to stick something on it to turn it into a into something that feels more like a camera. Yeah. Um, whereas a camera feels like a camera, and that's the whole point of it. And you know, I think that. That's going back to the original question about whether it will be, you know, uh, us old duffers walking around with cameras will be seen as the uh, <laughs> the novelty that? factor, whereas all the, the young whippersnappers with their great big long beards and their trousers down by their knees, <laughs> you know, will we'll just be using yeah. phones, yeah. maybe. And actually, who cares? They can do what they want. Tickety tockers. Yeah. yeah. Tweeders. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, Kev. I've just got to put the heating on. It's got, got cold. Oh, don't do that. No, I will. I just... Where'd jump on? Uh, hold on. Oh, there we go. £3 gone. £6 gone. Yep. Oh, dear, Kev, it's freezing in here. Oh, oh brass monkeys. I've. Uh, have you ever done a 365? No. Good Lord. I've done a one. <laughs> Would you not, not attempt one? No. I'm doing one. Well. No. I start... I, I think s- I, I probably have gone through periods where I've taken yeah. a picture every day, but not... Not to the point where I wanted to think this is a publishable yeah. effort. No. Well, I'm, you, yeah, I'm not sure. You've done them before, though. Well, it, the one I did before, well, I did do one. Yeah, I've done one and a half. But uh, it was it was an archive 365, if you remember. It was going back into my wedding pictures, drawing out those that I liked, pu- oh, yeah. publishing them and then talking about them. If I were entirely honest, I probably did that because I'd listened to you saying, you know, post every day, really good idea for the God of Google. Um, mm. And actually, it did work quite well. This, no, this though, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm attempting. I'm, I've started. The day we're recording this is Friday, okay, and uh, it coincides with the 365th edition of, of the other podcast I do. And mm. I just thought we'd do a 365 starting on that 365 day and see if I could do an actual 365. Hmm, that's a good idea. See if I, I can bet sh- you don't. Sh- do you th- <laughs> when do you think I'm going to stop? <laughs> when wedding starts. 
that's all right. I've got no weddings till July. <laughs> well, it depends on how you're going to do it, doesn't it? Because, you know, if you're going to use your new fancy pants, uh, yeah. rip off Apple phone, then you can, <laughs> what do you mean you rip can do it off directly Apple? from that. I'm hmm? going to put a little uh, grip on it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then when I ring you, you'll go, you'll be like, Hello? Hello? I'm over here. I've got the phone to my ear, but I can't. it's not near my mouth because no, I've got this. I've got a grip on it. Uh, that's a good point, actually, because the grip would go on the bit where your mouth bit needs to be. Ah, oh, I've found a, found a weakness in the system, Kev. Uh, Alex Hackney. Oh, Hackney's in East London, isn't it? He is, yeah. Maybe he's going to come around and beat me up at judo. Do you think he's a judo man? Alex, Alex from East London, isn't he? Oh, no, Alex Blackbell Acne. <laughs> um, hello, my friends. Love the show and have been binging it in the last couple of weeks. I have a QQ. Do you guys have any tips or tricks for shooting photographs outside in the winter? I'm always a bit nervous having my camera out in the cold and wet and going in and out of shops and such. Am I worrying too much about ruining my camera or should I be concerned with the various temperature shifts? Have a lovely day from Alex in Acne. Oh, no, it's Alex Hackney. Oh, what? I bet he's from somewhere like, or could even be a lady, couldn't it, with that name? Uh, I bet they're from somewhere like Windsor then. Why do you say Windsor? Well, soft, isn't it? <laughs> Hackney. 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 Hackney, isn't it? Is it Hackney clothes? No, it's not Hackney clothes. It's Hackett, isn't it? There's the posh clothes. All the posh people Hackett. have. Hackett. Yeah. The ones that do, you have to have, I think you're only allowed to go in Hackett if you show you've got a Range Rover key fob with you. <laughs> um anyway yeah i yeah i would i just yes i mean the only time i've ever ever experienced that where the camera steamed up like to the point where i was like whoa what's that was when i was in london oh bristol zoo yeah. which sadly is no longer there they've closed, oh, no, it they're closed oh, the yeah. animals the animals are still there but they've shut the two oh. it was a pretty chilly day winter time and then I went into the tropical, I don't know, tropical animal. Well, yeah, but that's a closure. huge shift in temperatures. Yeah, this was years when I first got into photography. And then my lenses, just, everything just steamed up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, my God, my cameras have just broken. And I turned around to look at Gemma and her glasses had steamed up. And I was like, ah, oh, now Gemma, I get it. Gemma's broken. <laughs> Gemma's broken as well. She's just wandering around, walking into creepy crawlies. Oh. That's how we met. <laughs> she thought you were a big creepy crawly <laughs> oh I do like your hairy legs <laughs> yeah that's right yeah um yeah that's the only time i've ever really, really experienced it i don't take i know some people take like um lint cloths and things like that with them to weddings mm. for you know for different temperatures changes but i don't i just use my jumper <laughs> or tie yeah bottom of your shirt yeah yeah, I would. I thought. I thought the question originally, till I'd read it, um, was going to be more about you know, shooting outside in the winter because of this horrible cold sort of hue you get on your photographs, where you just can't seem to, even in Lightroom, warm it up, and something weird happens. I thought that's what he. Oh uh, right, talk yeah, about, more but, to do with the kind of white balancey type stuff. Mm, but yeah, but no. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm more. I, the rain bothers me, but only because. When you get it on the front of your lens, it's it's a, a problem to get off, isn't it? But yeah, it can smear a little bit, can't it? Yeah, but that's it's only really relevant if you're shooting at f ninety six or something, isn't it? If you're shooting at any reasonable aperture, yeah. uh, you know, obviously, if you're a landscape photographer or something and you're shooting at f twenty two, you 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 know, you've got rain on your lens, then you're gonna problem. have issues, yeah. and you wanna, you know, that's what lens hoods are for and all that kind of stuff, isn't it? But if you're, you know, if you're shooting. It does depend a lot on the lens, obviously, but I would say anything up to about f8, you're probably not going to see much on that front element. What about ruining the cameras? It, it sounds like Alex is a little bit concerned about um, leakage. No, it won't ruin the yeah. camera, especially the weather sealed cameras. That's that's what they're designed for, really. Is is the kind of different temperature changes and what have you? I wouldn't. No, I, I mean I would not worry about that. Probably wouldn't leave my camera in the. Uh, <laughs> tropical animal zone yeah. of Bristol Zoo for more than a couple of hours. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Should I mean, you can get mold inside lenses and things like that, and perhaps you know, too much exposure to that very uh, damp environment might mm. potentially end up doing something like that. But again, I suppose so yeah, Alex, hope you do well in your judo bout against the garlic king of Malmesbury. <laughs> right, yours, your question. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm just. <laughs> this is what I knew would happen. Well, I've, I've it, lost it. It's gone. I'm looking at the. Is it notification city? 
Yeah, and I've got two tabs open and everything, and it's all. What's the What's the latest notification on the uh, on the X Pro One having its birthday? It's, uh, so posted it fifty eight minutes ago. So far, it's had eighty three, eighty five likes, eighteen oh. comments, one share. Okay, give us a comment. The most The most recent comment is from uh, Paul Taylor, and he says, "Do you still have it, Kevin?" And oh, I said, <laughs> "Yeah, I do, Paul." In uh, fact, I've got batteries. Those old batteries being charged yeah, right now. Yeah. Okay, right. Uh, another question then. Let's go back a little bit in time, shall we? Let's give uh, a, a very quick one from Stephen Anker. He says, hi, folks. Very QQ. Will you be offering further Zoom dial-ins and gentle critiques for Fujicasters? Well, Stephen, um, we do do that, but uh, on the patron. So yeah. if you are a patron, which I think you might be. I don't know. Maybe you're not getting the emails. Perhaps you're not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. If you are, great. If you're not great also um but yes that's where we're doing the patron pop-ups as we call it and we're doing uh, gentle critiques of pictures and websites and who who are we critiquing today now you're now i've got to go into a completely different application am i moving around your windows you are and i've got this massive 48 inch screen it's very difficult my mouse still isn't working properly um (laughs) folder fuji cast next will be today in fact yeah you can hear uh, a critique of Scott Carney and oh. his gorgeous Yorkshire marquee wedding, which is a blog post. Oh, it looks like he had a good time. Does, doesn't it? Yeah. So we're oh. doing them in order, by the way. Right. Um, the order of uh, receiving them. Okay. okay. So I'll do another question, though, because that was a little bit of a thing rather mm. than a thing. Mm. Um, right. <laughs> Luke Pye. G'day from Oz, Kevin Neal. I can't do the accent. Really loving the show and glad it's back up to bi-monthly stroke fortnightly. <laughs> uh, there was a great <laughs> little video stop. shared yeah, in yeah. the Fujicast group yesterday. There was some guy talking about the <laughs> difference between um, fortnightly, bi-weekly, oh, God, don't stop. annually, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, we'll, be any talk- hot tips? we'll be t- we'll be talking about dividers next. <laughs> <laughs> any hot tips or workarounds for when setting up film recipes on the ah. XT3 and auto white balance? <sighs> A lot of recipes ask for color shift in the auto white balance, e.g., minus four R plus three B. But in XT3, when you click out of your custom setting, i.e., C2, C2, and go back to the default setup, C1 in my case, the color shift in the white balance remains. <sighs> I really wish Fujifilm committed the white balance to the individual custom setting. But in the meantime, keen to know if any workflows, processes to help with this. Cheers. Yeah. Right, you can answer that one now. Well, I can't. You know I can't because it's technical. <laughs> I don't I don't actually. You're, um, you're horrible to me, you are. <laughs> I, I kind of know what he's on about. So I think um, the X-T3, yeah, you don't, it doesn't, doesn't save the white balance adjustments in your custom film sim recipes. Um, XT4 and above does, and I think X Pro 3, not sure, not 100% sure. X100V, I think, also does. So, yeah, you're just out of luck with the camera, essentially. Oh, I, I put a whole load of recipes on my website uh, that were built on the XT3, and uh, the, the custom white balance essentially, if you want something a little bit different, then you're going to have to uh use your eyedropper in lightroom or um uh, capture one or something afterwards i, I i'm i'm stuttering over this because I, i'm i'm kind of i think that's right i think that's right that's in, that's as much as we're gonna get and kev we trust do you remember torsten trapvin who had sold his x pro 3 where that big debate about it on the last show didn't we about yes. selling x pro yes. 3s because what what are, what have people heard of you listening to things on the on the on the internet where people said that Every single X Pro Three, the back oh, screen the wib- always breaks. Wibbly wobbly back screen, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which obviously is not true. He wrote back, "Hi Neil, hi Kev, Torsten here from the X Pro Three debacle last time. Just a quick follow up in case you care. I we always, we always care. I wrote back saying, great to hear. And yes, we always care. I actually did get my X Pro Three back, and I've been happily shooting again since." Crazy how these news and rumours and comments can get into your mind. So thanks for setting me straight. Looking forward to the next episode. So it's it's fine. It's it's a happy ending, Kev. All's well that ends well in Torsten's life. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, we did mention this, but you know, the internet, especially YouTube, it's yeah. full of people that just want you to watch. Well, obviously, everybody wants you to watch your videos, but you know, a lot of people will just because it happened. I'm not saying these things don't happen to them, but right. just because it happens to them doesn't mean that every single camera, mm. you know, if I if the wing mirror falls off my Kia Sportage, it doesn't mean it's going to fall off yours, does it? No. Well, it did. Funnily enough. Is that what happened yeah. to yours? Yeah, well, that's because I came around with a baseball bat. But, <laughs> um, oh, I tell you what did happen to my Kia Sportage. What? The, um, the battery ran 
worked in the key fob when I was <laughs> to go to a job. Oh, oh no! I, now I've had this happen to me when I came back from walking. <laughs> yeah, because I think I think uh, we probably had Airbus cars about the same amount of time, yeah, so it's probably so, about the same time. Yeah, and you have to um, release the special little secret key within the key fob, don't you? Oh, and, and I I changed the battery. I I couldn't. I could I could release the key, but I couldn't figure out where you meant to put it. What do you mean you changed the battery? Do you carry those those small little watch type batteries around? With no, no, no. I went home and did it. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, it happened to me right out in the middle of the countryside, and I was next yeah. to uh, there was a there was a, a, a sort of a gatekeeper's house or something. And anyway, and it was and they were looking out the window and saying, "I'm I'm not stealing my car. I'm trying <laughs> to get in." Where do you stick it then? Because I couldn't figure that out. Where does the key go from the outside? Oh, I have to remember now. Uh, you. Can I think you can just ping off um, something and then you put the key in that, turn it, and then when you get in, you have to you you have to show the key fob, which will have enough ho- hopefully residual uh, power in it, not enough to do anything to start a car, but enough to turn the alarm off or something. You you hold it next to the start button. I can't mm. remember totally. I had to do this all watching a YouTube video with the yeah. na- with those people looking out the window. <laughs> well, your your adventure sounds more dangerous. More, it was like, or, it's raining as horrible well. Horrible, it was horrible. Mine, yeah, yeah. I was going to a, yeah. I was going to Sarnicester College. I was doing some training for the teachers there. Could you imagine though if you were coming out though, Kev, of a wedding and you needed? I to know go, yeah. that's what I was thinking. <laughs> and it's my own fault because for the last couple of weeks it's been it's taken a couple of clicks to get the to get oh, it working. Kev, I was there were thinking. the signs. The signs. Yeah, there were signs. And then uh, I went to the car and uh, I went click and nothing happened. And I went click, click, click. And now Gemma has the other key and she was in work. And I was like, babe, you're going to have to come back and give me your key, which she did. And then when I got home, I, I, I hacked it open with a screwdriver and changed the batteries and changed hers as well. Yeah, they're difficult to get into the key fobs. There's a way. Yeah, they don't want you to do it. You meant to take them back to Kia and 170 quid later, but I just (laughs) got a little flathead screwdriver and and stuck a new battery in it. I felt very proud of myself. I felt like a DIYer. Yeah, next you'll be doing the plumbing. Oh, no, sorry, that's Gemma's job. (laughs) Oh, well, I did that on Christmas Eve. Oh, yes, you did. That's to be Normally, Gemma is, of course, the the handy person around your home. But on this yeah. on this occasion, you did. You get your hands. You got your hands proper dirty, didn't? You? <laughs> now, what memory. were we talking Sorry about? Me. What was the question? I think that was it. No, it wasn't a question. It was just that the Expo three thing is sort three thing is oh, sorted. Oh yes, there we go. And yes, you're, and it's sorted. You're good to go. Right, guest time. Let's rescue this. <laughs> um, who have we got? And um, and what actually drew you to him? Because he's a phenomenal. Uh, wedding photographer, phenomenal photographer. Yeah, it was. Um, I've, I've known I've known his work for a long time, and then kind of, I was speaking to Amy Milstein in in New York, who I know, and she, and she'd been on a workshop with John, and then I think it was Emily, I'm sure it was Emily Renier, who mentioned his book in wow. the Preachcast group. So I subsequently thought, oh, that looks good. I bought the book, which is amazing, and then uh, yeah, we did the book review, and then I I sent him an Instagram direct message and said, hey, John, fans coming on the show. He said, hey, Kev, yeah, sure, and uh, and. That was it and he is genuinely such a lovely guy and uh, a phenomenal photographer good business sense too here's john dolan so first of all just very briefly give us a little background about yourself how you became a photographer um all of that kind of stuff i know that you've been working for a long time now so well it literally is the only thing i've ever done so uh i caught the bug early and luckily in some ways i'm not good at anything else so i've had to stick with it i know a lot of people have uh, tried their hand at photography and given up at a certain point. But uh, I moved to New York when I was 23 and uh, took me 10 years really to get my footing. But I worked as a printer for a bunch of years, which was a great training ground. And then I just slowly made my way into New York magazines, uh, into some advertising mm-hmm. and weddings as well. I went to liberal arts school. So I studied photography, but it was a much more philosophical approach and uh, the technical stuff I learned on my own, as we do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, So you just mentioned, uh, you you know, you kind of stumbled into wedding photography eventually. Would you, uh, I always ask this to uh, the wedding photographer guests we have, would you, if you had to write one thing on your passport as a job, would it be photographer or would it be wedding photographer? You know, years ago, I came up with this idea that I'm a photographer at a wedding. Uh, So I'm not a professional. I'm not a trained wedding photographer. I'm just somebody 
who's fascinated by families, by uh, people under pressure. Um, I love the the chaos of a wedding, and I love that I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I have a script. Yeah. So I can I can anticipate. So uh, you just mentioned the chaos of weddings, and uh, how would you? I would say a majority of our listeners are wedding photographers, but not all of them. Um, how would you describe your style when, uh, specifically when shooting weddings? Can, can you pigeonhole a style? I, I can't pigeonhole a style as much as an approach. And it's the longer I've done it, the more I've understood this mental uh, preparation I go through before a wedding, which is I empty myself. So instead of having a plan that I'm going to do this on this day or try this technique. I I literally start with the point that uh, taking pictures is easy if I'm in the right state of mind. So I, I go through a little, I mean, I sometimes I take a nap, a five or 10 minute nap, but I'm setting myself up for, uh, you know, probably a little bit different from an interview like you're doing with me mm-hmm. where you have to prepare I don't have to prepare for a wedding because I know what's coming. I know that it's not my job to put a template on people. It's my job to walk into that house and see these people who are going through something significant. And I'm trying to to almost get slivers of moments of that important day. So it's a it's a very strange thing because the less hard I work, the better the pictures are. If I'm hustling and bustling, the pictures get canned. Um, so I literally go in without a plan and uh, absorb the energy of the people. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, it's, it's it's a similar approach that I take, and I think that uh, you know in the in the modern day with modern cameras, uh, you know people sometimes go and they'll shoot five, ten, twenty thousand frames, and uh, and I think that the slower you shoot, the the more. Uh, emotion you can get out of a wedding. Well, I think it also leaves room for the human interaction. So I'm, I'm talking to people in a in a way that when I was younger I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, interact in that same way. Um, but I'm having very honest mm-hmm. and sort of tender interactions with people uh, as if I was a guest, as if I was a family member, or uh, as if I was not a vendor. Yeah, yeah, understood. Um, now, I'm not a great fan of the term celebrity photographer, um, but you are known as a celebrity photographer. And, uh, you know, we, we don't necessarily need to go into the uh, the people that you photographed, unless you so wish. Um, but I guess I'm interested in also in, you know, regular people, regular people's weddings who aren't necessarily celebrities or not necessarily well-known. Do you still shoot those? Do you, do you get as much fun out of those or enjoyment i should say if you still shoot those kind of weddings well it's it's funny i don't even know how i'm known in the industry because i'm i feel like i'm on the edge of it in my own way um i don't i do a few celebrities if the if they are looking to to have a guest at the wedding with a camera so um the people who've hired me over the years have been very specific about their love of photography and their desire not to have a, I don't know how to describe it, but somebody's going to, they don't want paparazzis at the wedding. So I'm sort of the anti-paparazzi. So the the people who've hired me are are really looking for uh, a much more subtle approach. I don't direct a lot. I don't uh, command a lot of attention. Um, but it almost doesn't matter whether it's a celebrity or a school teacher. It's uh, I, I have a certain way of working, and some people are attracted to it, and some people lo- are looking for something a little more showy. Yeah, yeah, understood. And uh, a very kind of off-topic question, I suppose, but a brief question: Do you do you get nervous before you shoot? It's a great question, and it's it's uh, the answer is no because uh, it loops back to your first question. Uh, shooting when I go to a wedding, I know this is the only thing I'm really good at. Uh, I have very few other life skills. <laughs> My <laughs> wife would attest to that, but um, so I, you know, anytime I feel any nerves coming, I 
I just sort of uh, slap myself and say, this is what you do. Um, and also, it's it's uh, it would be a shame for me to be a waste of my uh, limited talents to uh, play it safe or make kind of expected pictures. So I yeah. think a key to what I've done is uh, I take risks when I shoot and I don't follow the map of some people and uh, and that risk taking is really key to my approach. Yeah, actually, I saw a quote. I'm not sure whether it was on your website or elsewhere, where I think you said to make art, you have to take risks uh, and then turn those risks into adrenaline to power your creativity, which I thought was an amazing quote. Well, I I think that that nervousness, uh, you know, a lot of people have issues with anxiety and I totally understand that. that but I do, uh, I do get this sense that it can be a turbo charge. It could be an engine for uh, creativity. And I have this vision of myself. Um, uh, I try to visualize myself as a high wire artist. And as I'm going to a wedding, I'm climbing up to the highest wire and then yeah. I'm going to walk across. And uh, I need the thrill of being up yeah. in the air to, to really uh, make pictures yeah. that I haven't made before. Yeah, and that's that's where the adrenaline kicks in. Exactly. How, how how do you get um, this idea of kind of risks and um, you know being totally unscripted? Um, how do you get clients on board with that? How how is the the sentiment from clients at the beginning of the journey with you? Perhaps that's not exactly what they're looking for, or certainly maybe they don't know that's what they're looking for. At least, I think more people are looking for that than we think. I think, um, I mean, I think it's clear in my messaging uh, that I'm. It's clear what I'm selling. I named the book "The Imperfect" to yes. let people know that uh, the pictures are going to have a roughness to the to the edges and. Um, it's it's an ethic, it's a an aesthetic, mm -hmm. it's a a mindset that attracts a certain kind of pe person. Um, so I get a lot of people call me who say, "We don't really want a wedding photographer, but we want what you do." So it's it's a uh, it's a, a different kind of approach than most businesses. I'm not trying to grow my business. I'm trying to find those ten people a year who get it. So it's a it's a higher risk, higher reward sort of situation. Yeah, absolutely. And the rewards are, uh, are, are from a creativity level and an artist level are, are are much better than just piling them high, charging lower, piling them high. Well, the key to it, uh, I'm sure you know, Kevin, is when when people trust you, then you're free to create. Yeah. So from the beginning, is a a process of gaining trust, which is. You deal with them not as a salesperson, not as somebody trying to upsell and uh, sell albums or prints, but saying, I have this skill. You have this need for somebody with that skill. Uh, if you trust me, I will soar. If you're second guessing me and double checking and making lists, that's that's going to distract me. You know, I always say when people give me a, a list of a shot list. I'm not going to be reading that list when I'm shooting because I'm in the moment and I'm, and I'm pretty much I know what's on the list anyhow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I agree entirely with that that kind of ethos and, and way of working. Um, just sidestepping weddings uh, slightly, um, I've been uh, I've been looking at your blog recently. Actually, have been for quite a while, and there's some amazing um, stories on there, and and I was particularly um, taken with the, the series called The Children of Chernobyl in West Cork, hmm. um, which I think you posted last year, but our, our images from, uh, when was it? Would have been 1985, 84, 85? I was, no, it was 94, I oh, think. 94, yeah. It was mid-90s because it was 10 years after Chernobyl. Correct, yeah. Um, so my wife's Irish and we spend summers in Ireland most years and and we were there when a group of children from Chernobyl came and uh, lived with Irish families for the summer. And uh, so I knew some of the families and I actually contacted the London Independent who I'd been doing some work for and sort of pitched the story. And uh, 
So I just photographed these kids, the blending of the Chernobyl kids with the Irish families and um, the overlapping cultural similarities and differences. And it was a remarkable uh, story to to look inside this tiny seaside village and see these, you know, be in a house with six kids and uh, Irish kids in bunk beds and Chernobyl kids joining them and blending in with the families and uh, it was really quite powerful. It's a wonderful legacy to have also as well, uh, you know, not only from you as the photographer, but for, for the families and to have that kind of visual um, documentary of that time because it was, you know, it was incredibly gracious of the families to open them uh, their homes yeah. up to them yeah um yeah it was it was uh beautiful so one of the one of the questions one of the um podcast listeners pushed out to us was um without kind of giving away any secrets or anything like that you know all all of our listeners probably will be thinking how do you reach the high-end bride uh and groom uh you know is there any is it just simply being great at what you do and doing it for a very long time or was there was there a period in your uh, career where something happened that suddenly elevated you i i hear that i hear a lot of people trying to get into the luxury market and i always think you can't you can't force your way into it i definitely went up a series of steps to get there so i think it does take years but i think more importantly you have to have a distinctive point of view and a distinctive style that is attractive to those people and it's it's often not what you think the certainly the people who hire me don't want glitz and glamour they want something real and timeless and uh, they want art basically which is you can't force art out of uh, just sheer effort or marketing um, I meet a lot of photographers who seem to be out of balance by putting more effort into marketing rather than art. So the art versus commerce measure is really an interesting thing for people to look at. Are you are you going to museums? Are you reading novels? Are you filling your refilling your artistic well, or are you just you know working hard on getting more inquiries and things? I, I really think. You can tap into a certain uh, group of people, and when you find somebody who's really who really understands your approach, they're going to tell their two friends, and then those people will tell a couple friends, and that's always been the spread. I, I've done very little marketing in my time, but I've I, I've treated my clients as well as I can in in a real way, but a very non-professional, non-commercial way. Uh, thanks to, to John Dolan. That's part one, part two, Kev, to come in uh, two weeks' time uh, yes. on, on the show. Right, pick time. We've left it to now because we have a question as well as giving them a mention. Pick time, of course, have uh, kindly been supporting the show now for a number of months. Pick-time.com. It's what myself and Kev both use to, um, to, to show our work. I'm very, very happy with them. I've been using them, I think, now for, what, three, four years. Probably. No, before that horrible thing that started with C and ended with D, um, I was using them for quite a while. And, and without a shadow of a doubt, the way that it um, it shows my work, I'm absolutely convinced that uh, because it's so much more attractive, that's why I've made more sales of my work through and since using them. Yeah, and uh, I also saw something recently, not on my website, but on somebody else's website, I think, where they were using PickTime very cleverly to offer um like family shoots so oh. setting up a digital product essentially right. and saying two hour family shoot 250 pounds one oh. day 500 pounds whatever and that was all done through pick time How so clever. using that, them as the payment gateway yeah what a clever um, idea i've never thought of that it was a very clever idea and uh and yeah thank you to pick time for continuing to support us and as usual you will get a one month free if you use the code foodcast all in capital letters um, and honestly, if you're a professional photographer, and I say professional, you don't have to be a professional photographer, but if you are client delivering uh, images, client-based, and you want your um, client delivery experience to be phenomenal, um, then pick time is the way to go. And they've just added a, another um, uh, set of, I think, um, what's that Scottish studio? No, Scottish print lab. Lock- Loxley. Loxley. I think they've just come on board as oh. a... 
as a uh, vendor also. So there's all kinds of different Brilliant. labs and stuff you can choose yeah. to um, do your stuff I, through. I, I, use, I use Loxley. Love the quality of Loxley's work. Emily, so Emily, I shot Emily's wedding um, a couple of months back, or Emily's renewal of her vows, I should yeah, say. Yeah. And uh, and she ordered some stuff via my PickTime account, and uh, she she sent me an email. She said, "Oh, these are amazing! What are they, Kevin? Yeah, I want to know which lab you use." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't actually know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's that good." So I, I typically, and this brings us on to Daniel's question. So we've got a question from Daniel Kiss, yeah. who says, "PickTime question." He says, "I'm using PickTime. I'm very much loving it." Um, my question is about the print and album function. Do you know if it is available to users outside of the UK as well? I'm based in Hungary and don't know if I should or could offer this to my clients. Ah. Yeah, so the, the way that PickTime works is you you can you can choose labs wherever you want. So you could use, uh, you know, you could be in the UK and use US labs if you want. I personally filter everything out so it's only using uh, UK labs, mostly UK labs, but some European labs for stuff that I can't get easily off, off my UK suppliers. And that way it keeps the postage down and obviously um, expedi expediting time and all of that kind of stuff. And, and it just tells you straight away where, which country they're from, where they're based, I should say. Yeah. So I would be very surprised if there are no Hungary-based labs. I, but although saying that, I don't know of any labs in Hungary. However, I know that QT albums are in Poland. Yes. Jane ain't too far away from Hungary, no, if, I'm, if no. I'm right. And you, can, you, could, you could just go through all of the options and just pick only products um, produced by QT um, albums, which are very good. I've used them in the past also. And then that would at least bring, you, you know, bring it closer to home. Whether there's any specifically in Hungary, pass, I don't know. But you, it's very easy to find out. Just go through the product area, um, building your shop, and it will tell you exactly which country each of the labs are in. Just, just rewinding for a second. That idea of using it as uh, for selling the family shoots. If you're a photographer who's not commercial, but you're doing landscape work and your work is getting better and better and better and you're thinking, do you know what? I really want to have a go now at selling my wares. This could be a pretty cost-effective way of dipping your toe in there and tr and trying that out, couldn't it? Yeah, well, they do the gallery as well, remember? Yeah. So there's a, yeah. there's a separate section for people like that. So you can, I have on my F16 website, there is a prints area where you can, you know, it, it, I've got some prints that people can buy. I don't sell any, but I've got them. They're there. And, and that's all done via, that's, that's all set up via pick time through yeah. their gallery interface. Yeah. You know, I pick the, the products obviously, and I, uh, I set price and then it just looks beautiful. You know, they deal with everything. They deal with the printing and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you can, you can do that very easily. You don't need to be a kind of wedding photographer or anything for that. But if you're, if you want a gallery space that looks beautiful and you want to sell prints, that's your friend. And I've just literally logged into my PickTime account now and it's just popped up with new feature watermark protector, which is good because a lot of people have been asking for this. So you can, you can now use what they, what they're calling and. AI watermark, which means that if uh, if you know if, if clever people want to kind of hack into the HTML and stuff, it's still going to try and um, stop them getting rid of the, the digital watermarks that are whacked on there. Getting better and better all of the time. I remember it's a little while ago, but I had a conver interesting conversation with a client, uh, not the client, sorry, of um, somebody that had been at the wedding. Said I've been on I've been on the website to order, and the the print quality is really bad. And I thought, well, I've not had an order from you. And what they've been doing was basically making the picture as large as they could on their screen and doing screen capture and trying to send it off to Snappy Snaps or something. <laughs> God, dear. Right. Steve Davis, not the snooker player. Snooker in you, snooker in you tonight. It might be. You don't know. Well, maybe. Who knows? D-A-V-I-E-S. It is the right spelling. Tim, it's got to be him. Got to be him. There can't be any others, can there? No. Nope. Snooker playing photographer. Hi, gents. Like Kev, I upgraded to the X-T5. I traded in the X-T3. While I'm happy with the upgrade for the various improvements over the previous camera, I was interested, and uh, I can see the fuming um, smoke coming from your ears right now, Kev. I was interested and a little concerned by some comments and observations made by a respected professional photographer. I've got the name, but I don't think we should use it, should we? About an empirical comparison of image quality between Fujifilm's 26 megapixels versus the 40 megapixel sensors, where the 26 megapixel images appear to be sharper than those from the new sensor. I attach a link to the YouTube clip 
It's a short video and the image comparisons are near the end. Do you feel that the uh, the observations and concerns raised are valid? Or is this or is it possibly a more considered explanation for the perceived image quality reduction from Steve Davis? I don't I haven't seen the link, so I don't know. I don't know which photographer you're talking about or the video, but I have seen other videos similar yeah. to that. Yeah. And my answer is uh, I don't know. I don't maybe. I don't know, and I don't care. Um, have you have you noticed no, something? Right, I have not noticed it. Um, and anybody, right? And I'm not saying that Steve Davis does this. Okay, I'm not saying. I'm not pointing my cue at him. But <laughs> anybody, anybody who says to me yeah. about any camera yeah. about it not being sharp, and then they add grain or a film simulation, they can go and play pool instead of snooker. I don't, boys, I don't think Steve Davis is that kind of person. I don't think so either. But but that's that, that's the point I'm making. You know, it's the same, isn't it? You see it. I've seen it in Sony uh, groups and all over. <laughs> you know, uh, it's I, I, I want I want it to be the sharpest thing. It shoots 40 million frames per second, and it's got to be super sharp at f 1.2. And then, does anybody have any um, like Kodak film simulations that make my Sony pictures look like that? Yeah. Like uh, yeah. yeah, right. Well, just have a little think about yourself. Mm. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't know. Uh, I. Certainly, absolutely have not noticed it. And I have, I did shoot, there was a crossover period. So I shot one wedding, which was in the north of Scotland. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, north, never each, I did west of Scotland and in, in December and with a ceremony at 4 p.m. And I shot, I, I shot that with an XT4 and an XT5. Yeah. And I didn't, when I was editing, I didn't, I, no, I didn't even, I couldn't even tell which was on which camera. You know, it was not, I, I, I at one point when I was cropping in, I noticed that I, you know, got more croppability with the XT5 images. And then the the last wedding of the year I shot, which was again in late December wedding, was both on the XT5s. Fine, edited it. Clients love it. All good. And no, I've not noticed any do any you, difference. Do you think there's and a now I'm not an ambassador. I'm not. Yeah. So I'm not making. I'm not just no. like towing a line here. Not that I ever did do that, but. Uh, you know, I just, yeah. I just, life's too short, isn't it, to worry about those very, 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 very fine margins? Unless, with a caveat to that, unless your work depends on it being, you know, like it could be, I don't know, uh, forensic photography, something. In which case, you know, you need to do your own tests and stuff like that. But don't worry about it. You watch Love Island; it's like, far more interesting. <laughs> I don't think Steve Davis, snooker player, would watch Love Island. I don't think that's his kind of sport at all. Did you see the Masters, the final of the Masters? No, I didn't see the Masters, but I did start watching darts. Oh, I, don't, <laughs> no. I don't want to watch darts, but I want to go. That really concerned me when I started watching darts, and I, really, I got into it, and uh, Sam came and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm watching darts. I mean, it was <laughs> practically drink- like divorce papers coming out. Were you drinking root beer in a vest? <laughs> it's not a sport, though, is it? Let, can we get away? It does not need to be on Sky Sports. Uh, any game it makes so much money any it's... game that you can play when you're entirely out of trim drinking beer at the same time is not a sport it's a pastime it's not a sport well we're going <laughs> me and the boys from uh mom through we're going to go to um is it blue water or something like that oh they, they do, do the it darts. there do they right. yeah we're yeah. going to go we're going to sit at the back you can get i've seen them they've got like five pint buckets of beer you get <laughs> no. great and that's just for the contenders ali pali or someone like that yeah that's just for us in the, in the crowd yeah and then yeah the, and then the, that's just for them and then the, oh. the actual darts players have bigger bigger bottles <laughs> i think it's intravenous isn't it they do they uh they they throw a I don't, do they call it sets see i uh, know yeah and so legs, they, they, legs and sets legs and sets they throw a few legs or, or or no they do a set and the sets don't really last that long i mean it's not like an andy murray Australian Open tennis match, is it? But but then they they walk off, and I'm thinking, where have you gone? You've just you've just played a couple of legs. What what are you doing? And I'm probably they'd go back to the bar. Do they? Is that what they do? They just go to the back of the room to the bar for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds great, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it's rowdy, Kev. Yeah, I know, and that's what I love about it. And the one and guy, the one guy was wearing ear defenders on the stage, wasn't he? Because that's he was right. not very popular, and yeah. everybody was heckling him and throwing right. glass bottles at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the German player, I think, was playing him, and he won that one, didn't he? Yeah, it was that Welsh guy, wasn't it? Uh, oh. Gerwin Price. Nobody really likes him, I think, in the, in, the, in the sport, and so he's wearing ear defenders. That's right. I don't think it helped him. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is not um, the dart cast. So, no. go on, do a question. We should do one, though. I'd like that. The dart cast. Sports cast. I'll tell you That'd what, Kev, good. we'd make, make a darn sight more money. Sports <laughs> bar podcasts make a yeah. fortune, Kev. 
Kevin Neal explains sport. <laughs> go on. Uh, okay, is it my go? Yeah. Matt Fletcher. Hi, Kev. Hi, Neil. Uh, hope all is well. I've been a Fujifilm shooter for a good few years now as a hobbyist and love the system. I want to move into video and vlogging. Ah. Uh, to Don't you hear that term any much these days, do you? Vlogging. No. Um, to document and capture trips and outings with my six-month-old daughter. Oh, lovely. What camera and lens would you recommend? Uh, I have a DJI Pocket 2, but I don't really like it. Oh, you and me. Both, Matt. I did not get on well with that thing at all. Um, thoughts on an XS10 or even a used XT4 or a small gimbal for my X100V? My current gear is X100V, X100, the original, X70. My God, it sounds like me. Um, P.S. would love a shout out of my Instagram, which is all right, Fletch. A-L-R-I-G-H-T Fletch. F-L-E-T-C-H. Street shots from Chengdu, China where he's currently ah, living. Oh, lovely. Cool. Very All right, nice. Fletch. I'm going to follow that right All now. All right, Fletch. All right, Sounds Fletch. like one of your East London judo competitors. All right, Fletch. <laughs> Didn't, I did not expect it to be from China, no, that's for sure. No, no. Um, well, the X100, now I've, I've tried with some success actually using the X100 for that kind of that kind of stuff. And it's actually a really, it's a decent camera. Of course, the 23mm, though, can be a little bit close for vlogging unless you put on a, a wider lens adapter. Actually, pretty good camera, I'd say, for that. I know you're not going to be necessarily so keen on it because I don't think you've used it in that way, have you? Well, first of all, the DJI thing, the DJI Pocket, was uh, awful for me. I had really struggled with it, but I know it was like a lot of people loved it. What was it um, called? DJI? Pocket. It was like a handheld thing with a 4K camera and you had to double click it and it would spin around and everything. DJI um, Pocket. And I remember spending time, I was in Dubai, I think, and I was trying to make a vlog. Yeah. Uh, and um, we're on the bus, and I think it was... Um, I saw that film. Yeah, I don't know. It was either Bert or Zach or somebody. Anyway, and, and I, I, I got sat, him to film sat, me, and yeah. he kept clicking it, and it just kept spinning around to him. <laughs> and I, I clicked in and spun around to me. And it, I was... Oh, in the end, I just... I've still got it somewhere, but you know, it's one of those things. Now, Fujifilm have just announced a uh, a gimbal of their own of sorts, and I'm looking for it. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking... Here we go. It's called the Fujifilm TG BT1 tripod grip. It's kind of a gimbal tripody thing. Catchy. <laughs> and it says here the TG BT1 allows you to record movies, take photographs, or adjust zoom on compatible power zoom lenses, which mm. is the 18 to 120, I think, and maybe the 15 to 45. Anyway, while holding the blue this Bluetooth tripod grip. It is compatible with XT5, XT4, XT3, XT32, mm. XT32 two double eyes xt30 and xs10 so there's a there's a potential thing there that kind of has the fujifilm logo on it and the buttons that will probably work it's around about 199 dollars i was looking it up did you mention an xh model that could fit in it there i don't think you did did you Mm, doesn't seem to be on there no because of course that that the xh2 would be the best in that you've got a nice articulated screen to bring round for your vlogging I think this is probably aimed at the smaller cameras, isn't it? I think yeah. they're probably assuming if you're using a big old XH or something like that, you might be, and you need a, a, a kind of gimbal, you're probably going to be going Ronin yeah. or roll something in, like that. In, uh, anyway, I just thought I'd put that out there. But um, yeah, I mean, you want something to stabilise it and maybe that's the answer. There, the X. Yeah, it might have been the. Oh, there was another one, wasn't there, that I had. Uh, the ten, to, the ten to twenty-four. I was going to say is always a bit of a friend for that kind of work, isn't it? When I've used it in in that way. Yeah, as, that, that's as a, a lens. Good, that's a mammoth lens for that kind of work. It's so good. Going to look a little bit like a beached whale, though, aren't you? If you've got it at ten mil and it's close up to you. Well, I mean, it depends who it's pointing at. I mean, me, yes, you. Yeah, no. well, that's it. Vlog doesn't vlogging indicate generally yourself in it as well. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. But but not. I, I, no, I was quite happy with the one. I was looking at a film I made in Africa, thinking, "There we go. Look, trim there, Neil. You let yourself go. You have. You let yourself go." Because you stood next to elephants. <laughs> so, so horrible. Stand next to a gazelle and say the same thing. I don't have to take this from you. I can go up to the house and get it from Sam. Oh, no, I tell you, I, uh, oh, my word. After Since Christmas, I've just been, I've been doing so much exercise and every single time I'm just going up in weight. It's ridiculous. I'm not drinking nothing and it's just like something, yeah. my metabolism's upside down. Anyway, yeah, the XA3, I think, was the thing I was thinking of. That right, was right. like the XA line is designed specifically for 
vloggery type people who's got the the screen that flips up above it all that kind of stuff don't think it does 4k there's options there x70 does have uh, quite a neat little video um, option but it's again not 4k and also it might be 4k but certainly uh, not going to be great in any kind of low light mm. x100v obviously x100 didn't do any video as far as i'm aware did it the original x not the original one no no no, no. x100v does does nice 4k yeah. but you will need you will need to stick a stick something up its will, bum yeah. gimbal <laughs> kind but yeah well, i was i thought you were going to say the wide angle adapter then because that would be um, yeah take, take a look at that that tripod does does intrigue me i have to say yeah. i don't know whether it's it's selling well or not and i've not seen or anything any of them but the fact that it works with those power zoom lenses you know with the you can control the zoom with the button on the tripod yeah. uh, on the gimbly thing is quite intriguing to me. Yeah. And that's the whole point of power zoom, isn't it? It's like a, you know, internal zoom and you, it's, it's electronically zooming. So you can actually use the, the little joystick on the thing to zoom in and out, which I think is quite nice. Trump a link to that, can we? On the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's page. out now. At least I think it's out. It's, yeah. either, it's, it's either out or been announced. But yes, we can link to that on the um, Fujicast website page that nobody ever visits. Oh, they do, Kev. Yes, they do. No, they don't. <laughs> I look at the stats. I don't blame them though. Why would you? You know, you listen to a podcast in your car, don't you? You don't. Yeah, but, yeah, but you don't you, then go have, to the website and uh, no. But yes. if you have a link on the player, oh, we don't do a link on the player for this one, do we? Ah, yeah, we don't do it in the show notes that comes up in your no, kind of iTunes like and all stuff. The professionals do. Right, last question time, I think. Anton Hammernecker. Hi, Neil. Hi, Kev. First up, I'd like to thank you for the work you do for the podcast. Uh, that's very kind of you. The information you've offered over the years has helped me develop my shooting a lot. As a bonus, the banter is great entertainment during my long hours on the road as a sales rep. I'm going to be careful how I say this, but our school have got a banish the banter thing now you're not well you're not allowed to banter anymore because um it is perceived as uh, and this is you know in some respects yes they're right it's perceived that's where cruelty and bullying can start but um banter yeah, but how do you how do they how can they draw the how do they what is banter and what's not well, banter covers so much kev i mean yeah that's what yeah. i mean yeah our, our podcast if we didn't know bantering our podcast would be like this <laughs> I quite like it, the sound of silence. <laughs> Although both our tinnitus is probably going, woo, woo. For those, uh, for those, by the way, who've got their, uh, there's a couple of podcast apps that, that, that join the gaps together. You'll have no idea of that joke at all. Oh, is there? <laughs> it's a couple that do that, yeah. It's a feature you can turn on and off. It sounds weird when you listen. It's like, what? Are you speaking in a kind of weird AI way? But, uh, yeah, no, so there's no bantering at all, Kev. No, Um that bit where we were, you know, teasing each other about weight and ugliness and, and all that kind of stuff. No, it wouldn't be allowed, Kev. Which, which well, I, I think, you know, is fair enough. Yeah. But, but you know, the subtleties of learn, and this is a problem, isn't it? Because banter is used as an excuse by some pretty unsavoury, horrible people. It's just banter, isn't it? And it's, no, it's not. It's a subtlety of learning what banter is, isn't it? Well, or, is, also, or is banter so bad it should just be bad? Should so banter here, so be So I've just looked up the word banter in the Oxford English Dictionary, yeah. and it says, the playful and friendly exchange of teasing remarks. So as long as you don't start gaslighting people with your banter, yeah, I'm being cruel and <laughs> stepping out. I want to out. get off. I want to get off. <laughs> I get off. Oh, I just want to go back to Banter Island. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and the banter is great entertainment. Anton, myself and Kev will be cruel to each other and we'll be all right. We'll, be, we'll put our big boy pants on for that one. I've been, I've been shooting Fujifilm for six years now and have recently booked my first paid shoots, in part due to Kevin Mullins. Well, it says to your podcast, but I'm, I'm, I'm crediting you, Kev. I do have a question. You're the one that does all the hard work, as you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit here and speak into this big black fluffy thing. Well, that's very, it sounds good, Kev. I do have a question regarding the Fujifilm Auto, ISO and related minimum shutter speed settings. See, we're wandering now into Kev territory straight away. I use it, but I could never explain what it does in re uh, and how it does it. In recent shoots, I've missed some shots due to the camera overriding the minimum set shutter speed, and thus the images become a little bit blurry. According to the manual, it's normal behaviour for the camera, but I don't understand the reasoning behind it. In my view, it's easier to correct for exposure in post uh, than it is for its 
its unintended movement, which would make it nigh impossible. Also, why set a minimum shutter speed if the camera can just override it? Fair dues, Anton. I agree with that. Thanks that is a very, yes, uh, a very, very valid point. Yes. And uh, many, many times I've suggested um, that they change the wording of that, the nomenclature, yeah. To instead of saying minimum, say recommended minimum. It's too long though, the, Kev. It won't fit on the menu. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, it probably doesn't translate into every single language no. as well. But uh, yeah, so the uh, the ISO will never change. It will never break through its ceiling or um, floor level that you set. Mm. But the shutter speed, the minimum shutter speed, it will come down lower if it cannot get an exposure. Right. Um, and you, you, quite right. It, you know, it should say recommended minimum rather than the minimum because it's not a defined minimum. However, the camera will let you know. So in the, in your viewfinder, it will, um, the shutter speed will change. It depends how you have your viewfinder set up slightly in terms of the colors and stuff, but on mine, it will change to red. So the shutter speed will, will start, will be red rather than blue. Um, which means that it's outside of the parameters that you've configured, you've told it to shoot. And that's, that's what you, you have to remember. If you, if this is happening a lot, then I suspect you probably got your ISO pegged a little bit too tightly. So don't be afraid, you know, don't, don't have your ISO pegged up between 400 and 800. Be, be, you know, be happy for it to go up to say 1600 or 3200 or I, I set mine to 12800. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't, 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 don't worry too much about the, the ISO. Let that, let that take a little bit more of the strain um and and then you should find unless you're shooting in a, a coal mine you should find that the, the shutter speed is, is reasonably well behaved i always remember a long time ago you showed me some shots that were shot at twelve thousand. um is it, uh, it 800 i should know this to, uh, anyway um and they were so good that i've i've just that's how i've pegged my level now um yeah, and that's really and that's really helped with that feature. So, there we go. That's it for another for another for another fortnight, another by month, another by monthly. Uh, John Dolan is back on the show in a couple of weeks' time for that uh, that second part. In the meantime, I can't remember, Kev. Did you say you're doing the? Is it the judo between now and then? It is, isn't it? Will it be between now and then? I've slept since then. When's then? Um, well, then. Oh, when's the next one? So, what's the date today? It is. Hold on. Uh. <laughs> Ah, I've got a log back into my calendar. Oh, come on. Right. Maybe. Let's just leave it at maybe. Yeah. For some but, reason, but, my calendar's just logged me out. That's all right. No, I'll have a day you've got off. a new iPhone. Um, <laughs> and, and don't forget, patrons, you can come straight across to the uh, patron channel for the pop-up. Uh, no. Yeah. We'll be can. there. And we're going to be... Who are, who are we critiquing then, Kev? It's going to be a website. Uh, we are critiquing uh, Scott Carney's uh, gorgeous Yorkshire marquee wedding. Oh, lovely. Yes, actually, and I've just looked at the dates. The calendar has just behaved itself. And yeah, you will have done your judo by then. So good luck, Kev. Oh, Thanks. Don't come back with any bruises. Hmm. No. Don't want any more rashes either. I don't mind bruises. Yeah. But, uh, I want to come back with... A- uh, some points. Yeah. Well, you know you do. Just, you, point. just ten points will be I'll fine. I tell you, you're coming back with your black belt. You're coming back with black belt and a big smell of garlic. Um, yeah. see, see you in a couple of weeks. Bye, Kev. The FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.